Welcome to Crime and Wine. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, your host, and this is the show where I talk with other crime fiction writers about the stories of thrills and suspense that will leave you mystified, sometimes horrified, and always wanting more. Please join me in welcoming today's special guest. Hello out there, you guys. For those of you that follow Crime and Wine, I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and I have been all over the world for the last few episodes, but I'm happy to say I'm on the eastern face of Wyoming's Bighorn Mountains, where I am no longer snowed out of my home. I'm not only happy because of that, I am super happy to welcome a guest who's had an amazing last week with her new release and the release before that. So you guys help me welcome Frida McFadden. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi Pamela. It's so great to have you. And congratulations on the release of The Housemaid's Secret. Thank you. It's been so exciting. And even more, girl, I've got to tell you that the week you've had with the double whammy of The Housemaid and The Housemaid's Secret doing so well has been fantastic. I would love to hear in your words what's happened and um, how, how amazing has it been? It's just been incredible. I mean, people, I knew people were looking forward to the sequel, but I, I think I didn't realize how much. And I, it, I really wanted it to be something special. And the fact that people love it as much as they do, it's just made me so happy. And they've really loved it, you guys. So this last week, The Housemaid, which was the first book, was number one on the Amazon charts. And then boom, the release the Housemaid's Secret came right in there. So Frida was rocking the top of the Amazon charts with both books. And then this week, pretty much the same thing with Wall Street Journal. They both hit the list. So it's fantastic. Couldn't happen to a better writer. Thank you. Yeah, this is my first time hitting Wall Street Journal. So that was really, really cool. It was like, like exciting. I was celebrating, doing a little happy dance. It's a very big deal. Yeah. And, uh, and so tell the people that must be in the minority now that haven't read either The Housemaid or The Housemaid's Secret, a little bit about the premise and how we get to this second book, the new release. Yeah, so the original The Housemaid, I mean, I just meant it to be about a woman working for this terrible family who's horrible to her, because I just love the idea of that. Like, I, I, I call it a terrible boss story. We've all had bad bosses. So she's working for the family from hell, especially the wife. And I don't want to tell anything more about what happens, but the second book is about her further adventures working for a new family in a different area. The first one takes place in Long Island, and the second one takes place um, in the city, in New York City, Manhattan. So um, I, I don't want to give anything more away, but it's just more Millie. <laughs> well, and... It, I, I was very lucky because I got to read an advanced copy and I've been so excited to talk to you about it ever since and find out where you come up with these ideas from because they're so suspenseful and, and a little twisted. Yeah, um, this one actually, it was an idea I had years ago, the twist, and I was sort of saving it in my head because I, I had the idea and I, I didn't have like the whole picture filled in. And then when I decided to write a second housemaid, I was like, this twist would be perfect for this book. So I was able to repurpose that twist for the housemaid secret, which was awesome. Oh, I love that. And so when you originally wrote the housemaid, 
you hadn't envisioned a number two. This was no, not at all. Like I've never done a sequel. So I was just like, I mean, I, I did for one of my early women's fiction books, but that's sort of a different situation. So I was thinking one book and that's it. But the response was so great. And I had to admit the epilogue did leave room for a sequel. So I just decided to go for it. I, I'm sure that has made a lot of people very, very happy because it's an interesting premise. And I don't know what you're working on next, but you could see additional possibilities. There's lots of really twisted families out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there might be a third one. I, I haven't started working on anything yet. And it's really important to me that it's a good book. Like I want it to really, I, I'm really proud of these two. And I don't want to just knock off a third just so there's a third book. I want it to be special in some way. So when I'm ready, I'll write it. Do, the, do you find that the ideas come to you when you're ready, that you are somebody that doesn't sit down and generate ideas, but something will just hit you, you know, when the time is right for you to start writing? Exactly. Yes. I will have a premise sometimes in my head and it will be sitting there sometimes for years. And then all of a sudden the twist will just hit me. I'll be like, yes, now I can write it, but yeah. I can't force it. I can't make myself like brain. Come on. I can't do that. It has to just, usually in the shower or maybe on the toilet, it will come to me. <laughs> Those are, my, those are my thinking places. Well, exactly. Some place where you're relaxed. There's exactly. no breath. Where you're exactly. by yourself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so with, with when you sit down and you're in the middle of a project, the ideas hit you and now it's time to write. Are you somebody that is methodical, plotted it out, outlined it, or does it take you over in a storm and you just run with it? I, I plot a lot. Like I don't have a lot of time to write. I'm a very busy person. So I make sure it's always going in my head, no matter what I'm doing. I, I like to take very long walks. So I'm always thinking it out. And by the time I sit down to write, I have a very good idea of what's going to happen. That said, sometimes, you know, you don't know, you don't know where the characters will take you. You don't know um, what's going to work until it starts being on the page. So I'm open to changes. I'm not one of those person who makes those like detailed outlines of every chapter plotted out. I just can't work like that. So, so I, I need to just let go with the flow. With um, The Housemaid's Secret, did you have any characters that went against the flow that said, oh, no, Frida, you were going in this direction <laughs> and take you off on a, a little different journey than you thought? I definitely didn't expect Enzo, the sexy gardener to be as big a character as he was. And um, I think that that surprised me. But once I started writing him, I was just like, this is this is an interest. This character interests me. So yeah. he became and I, he was definitely a fan favorite. So everybody else is feeling it, too. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think there's an authenticity when you as an author have a, a feeling like the feelings yeah. you want other people to have while you're writing. It's a pretty good sign. It's a good yes. <laughs> it, whenever I love a character, everybody feels it with me. I, I always notice that in the reviews and I love it because I want people to feel what I'm feeling. Yeah. Hate them. Be scared of them. Love them. Yeah. Whatever it is. Exactly. Feel yeah. it. Well, 
I, we could talk about your books all day, but I want to switch gears a little bit and go into what um, we've been calling the speed round on crime and wine. And we cover some of the same questions that other authors, other crime fiction authors answer and get to know the, the secret Frieda McFadden a little bit better. So to start, dog or cat person? Cat, obviously. I talk about my cat all the time. <laughs> She's recently missing. So I have to give a shout out to poor Kit Kat. She was, she was lost briefly. We looked for her. We put up posters. She was in the house the whole time. But <laughs> it was so, very scary. We all cried. She's so for, okay. for those of you that want more updates on Kit Kat, please follow Frida on, yeah, <laughs> on exactly. social media. And you the whole story is on Facebook. The whole story. Poor Kit Kat. Um, we should have a support group for Kit Kat and our cat Bo because we were the ones missing for Bo and he was plenty angry about it. Um, all right. So when you sit down on your precious, very, very scarce hours to write, do you have a certain outfit or writing space or jam music that gets you in the right frame of mind? Or is it just sit down and do it, whatever it is? Well, I'm usually wearing scrubs because I'm always wearing scrubs. I had to change out of them for this interview. That was a big deal. Like, <laughs> I'm not wearing scrubs. It's the first time in like several months. So, <laughs> so non-scrub, always wearing scrubs. Always, um, always feeling, always feeling it. Um, and if you were to imagine that the housemaid or the housemaid's secret was to be. Um, produced for film do you have in your mind any actor or actor actors that would be perfect for the roles I, you know we we talk about this all the time in my facebook group and they i don't have i don't have a exact idea i feel like i don't know what new actors anymore like i'm a little out of touch um <laughs> because of covid not going to the movies but I feel like I have gotten a lot of suggestions for Enzo, all of them topless. <laughs> and my, my page at one point, I was like, this, this page is generally just topless, sexy, muscular men. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's pretty funny because it's not, it's not like you write like um, bodice ripper, Romeo, no. <laughs> you're straight up thriller. Suspense, yeah. Um, that is funny. So yeah, well, topless sexy guys for inside. Yeah, I, I can be there for the auditions and I can, <laughs> I can see who's perfect. I, I'm willing to take the time to do that. I can make that sacrifice. You're a good person. I could yeah. feel that about you earlier and it's nice to have it confirmed. So you or Millie, your choice, you're headed out to happy hour. What are you ordering? Um. This is going to be a terrible answer. I, I I would probably get water and then I'd be embarrassed because I'd be the only person at the table not drinking. But I'm like, I'm not a big drinker and I yeah. obsessively drink water. Like I have, I have right now a water, but this is my comfort thing. Like <laughs> it says Gatorade, but it's just water. And I am always with this. It's like almost attached to my hand. I can't put it down. So everywhere I go, I just get water and then I go to the bathroom like 20 million times. So <laughs> that's kind of my thing. I love it. I love it. You're going to outlive us all because yes. of this. So go you. All right. So if you or Millie had a theme song, do either of you, could you identify with a theme song? 
I don't know. Maybe um, this theme song from The Simpsons, because that's my favorite show. And <laughs> I think I sometimes hear it just like in my sleep as I'm falling asleep at night. So it's got to be that. That is pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. So and I can't even... I can't even come up with what that sound is right now, but I'm going to Google after this and let it play a little bit. An earworm. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to that down. So I it. it doesn't have words, but it won't happen. You know what popped into my head when you said that was the Friends theme song, and now I'm not going to get that out of my head. Yes. No. Um, all right. So do you have a favorite part of the writing process? The pre-work, the first draft, the research, the final after the structural edits polishing where are you most happy in a book i love that first read through after i finished it like it's so satisfying after i finish it and then i get to read it and maybe it's good and but i get to see like and it's just so fun to like see that final product for the first yeah. time yeah. yeah see how it all came together and and i, I like editing actually i'm kind of into that I like that feeling of like, it's to me, it's like pulling, um, tuning a piano when yes. it's starting to all sound right and not dissonant. It's a, it's a cool feeling. Yes. I find it really satisfying. Well, I found reading these two books very satisfying and I probably yeah. am echoing your Facebook group when I say, hopefully you'll come up with a super idea that moves your spirit and throws us all back into Millie's world one more time. But if not, I'll be happy with whatever you come up with next. Just going out on a limb and saying that. <laughs> well, I have some great stuff coming up really soon. So, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll give us something to look forward to. And you guys, for those of you that weren't familiar with the awesome Frida McFadden before this show, go out and get yourself The Housemaid and The Housemaid Secret. They do not both have to be read in any order, but it will be so satisfying if you just run the table for us. So I promise you'll enjoy it. And... So nice to have you on the show, Frida. Thank you for having me, Pamela. Thank you very much. And you guys, I want to let you know that if you want to watch past shows, find uh, the books for the upcoming shows, you can go out to PamelaFaganHutchins.com, where you can also find new releases of mine, all of which can be read on Kindle Unlimited or in any format. Ask your library or bookstore to order them if they don't have them. And I am a obligated to tell you that Crime and Wine is a copyrighted and solely owned product of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. All hail Pam Stack, our Uber producer. Thanks for being with me for another episode. I really appreciate you guys, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Go read a good book. Thanks for joining us today on Crime and Wine, chats with crime fiction authors and Pamela Fagan Hutchins. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will check back in with us next time for more thrills, suspense, and stories that will mystify, sometimes horrify, and always leave you wanting more.